Hi, uh, welcome to the new voting project. Uh, my name is Kunal, still your host. Things really don't change on this channel. <laughs> but today we're here with another guest, uh, Sajid Khan, who's a Bay Area native activist and a deputy public defender um, in Santa Clara County here in California. Um, and he is also running to be the next district attorney of Santa Clara County. Um, so thank you so much, Sajid, for coming on the channel. I understand campaigns are very hectic, um, especially when you're uh, a first-time candidate. So thank you so much. Um, and yeah, we do appreciate your time. Thanks, Kanal. Uh, grateful to be here and thanks for reaching out. Of course, of course, anytime. Um, so yeah, just to start off, um, you know, let the viewers know a little bit about your background, um, what got you into politics, um, and touch on how college prepared you for the roles um, you encompass today. Sure. Um, so my name is Sajid Khan. I am the son of Muslim immigrants that came from South India in the 1960s to the United States. They moved around the western part of the country and then ultimately settled here in the Bay Area in Milpitas in the early 80s. And I was born in San Jose a couple of years later. Uh, grew up in Milpitas in the South Bay until I was about 14 years old and then moved to San Jose uh, when I was in high school. I went to San Jose High, which is a oldest public school in San Jose, and then uh, went to college at UC Berkeley. Um, I was in student government when I was in high school. I was freshman class vice president, and then I, I actually lost my candidacy my, for my sophomore year, but then rebounded and became student body president when I was a senior at San Jose High. And then at Berkeley, I was a student senator as part of the uh, student government there when I was a junior. Uh, I ran for but lost my candidacy for ASUC, which is like the Associated Students of the college campus. Um, I ran for vice president, but unfortunately lost. But it was my first kind of um, exposure to uh, the political uh, world um, and really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed those experiences. Uh, went to law school at UC Hastings in San Francisco and then uh, have been a public defender uh, first in Contra Costa County, which was in the East, in the East Bay, um, and then back home here in San Jose for the last 13 years. Um, I've represented people uh, from our community, have fought for their constitutional rights, fought against mass incarceration, and fought for values of redemption and mercy and compassion in our criminal legal system. And uh, through that work have been very active both inside and outside the courtroom. Um, advocating for criminal legal system reform. And through that organically and somewhat unexpectedly, many people in the community um, saw in me the potential to be a change maker at the top uh, seat of power of law enforcement in our county the, at the DA's office. And it wasn't something that I expected or had planned for, um, but in the past year have leaned into that possibility. And then most recently, actually launched our campaign for Santa Clara County DA for 2022. Um, so I just told this to a group the other day, I'm not a politician besides those student government experiences back in high school and in college, um, but I am someone very much devoted to justice, very much devoted to criminal legal system reform. And it's for those reasons that I'm, I'm taking this leap to run for Santa Clara County DA. Perfect. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. I'm glad I'm glad you took that initiative. Um, I guess just to draw on that, you may have answered this, but what specifically drew you to criminal justice reform, 
entering the political world, right? You're an outsider. Um, what drew you to activism, law? Why, why that? Of, of all things you could do to reform the system. Sure. Well, I, you know, I mentioned my parents earlier. Um, my dad was a physicist by trade and worked in the semiconductor industry. My mom has a medical background. She worked at a local hospital here in San Jose uh, through my childhood. Um, but it's almost as if those were their secondary careers. Uh, it seemed like their, their first priority was working for justice, working against oppression, uh, community service, institution building, both within the Muslim community and beyond. And so I grew up in a household really devoted to justice and service and the betterment and up, upliftment of communities of color and people who are marginalized and oppressed in our, in our state. I used to go with my mom and dad to protests and to city council meetings and community forums. And so that really informed uh, who I was and who I would become in terms of my values and also what I wanted to do with my career. Um, I wanted to be a civil rights lawyer fighting against discrimination, uh, fighting for the enfranchisement and the uh, upliftment of marginalized communities in our, in our country. And I went to law school with that purpose. Um, and it was during law school when I took certain coursework um, that I was really stunned by the state of our criminal justice system and our criminal legal system and in particular was really angry with what uh, our country, our courts and our legislatures have allowed police officers to do to communities of color in terms of racial profiling, unlawful searches, uh, excessive force, things like that. And it really became apparent to me that my um, commitment to service and justice that I learned from my family was going to be best served through being a public defender fighting for uh, very significant constitutional rights for the individuals that I represent, but also for our community, fighting against uh, overzealous and discriminatory policing and fighting against mass incarceration. And so that's the genesis of how I got into uh, criminal defense and public defense in particular. And then that experience and those experiences as a public defender for the last 13 years representing people in our courthouse and meeting with people in the jail and in our juvenile hall um, has informed my expertise uh, that I hope to bring to the top seat of, of law enforcement power in the in the county at the DA's office um, and to bring the transformational change that we we need and to undo uh, mass incarceration, to fight systemic racism, and to really build a new justice system that actually ensures the dignity and safety of all people in our community. Right, yes. And as part of your campaign, what are your, your core policy objectives? What are you hoping to accomplish for, you know, let's hypothetically say you are the DA of Santa Clara County. What's the first thing you're going to do? Well, the, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to treat kids like kids. I have represented uh, someone as young as 14 years old who was prosecuted and punished as an adult by the Santa Clara County DA's office. Um, and I've also represented 16 and 17 year old boys who have been prosecuted as adults by our Santa Clara County DA's office. Uh, and that is an inhumane uh, practice. It's not productive. It's not um, it doesn't make our community safer and it exacerbates mass incarceration and racial disparities in our system. 
um, and it does not comport with our uh, understanding of adolescent brain development and the unique capacities of young people to rehabilitate themselves, even those who have committed really serious crimes. And so practice uh, or policy number one is that we will stop prosecuting kids as adults um, and we will treat kids as kids. Uh, the second main priority is police accountability. It's really critical that we have an independent DA who holds police accountability because police accountability or who holds police accountable because police accountability makes our communities safer. It actually helps police officers do their jobs better. We currently have a DA that does not prosecute police officers who kill uh, people in our community. In fact, in the last five plus years, the San Jose police have killed 20 people in our community, 17 of which were people of color. And none of those police officers who were responsible for those killings have been prosecuted for a single crime. And so that sends a message to our police officers that they can kill our people in our, in our county with impunity. Um, that's not even to mention the police officers that use excessive force that doesn't result in death. Um, and so I'm gonna be a independent DA that's going to hold police accountable when they violate the law, when they violate the lives and dignity of our fellow human beings. And in turn, uh, we're gonna make our community safer and we're gonna help police do their jobs better. That's priority number two. And just as a follow-up to that, you, sure. do, not, you do not accept um, the endorsement of a police union or the any any fundraising on behalf that you don't accept contributions from police, just to clarify? No, I'm, I'm not saying that. I mean, if a police union uh, wants to um, join us in, in our vision of, of criminal justice reform and and if they are invested in true sustainable public safety and the well-being of people in our community and ending systemic racism and um, policing that is discriminatory, then we're, we're wel we welcome all people to join us in this movement, including police officers, police officer unions. Um, so I won't reject contributions from people that are aligned with our values and our, and our uh, commitments. In fact, um, I anticipate there being several police officers in our county that will support me. I I'm not ready to announce their names yet, but we anticipate there being support from line officers who want to be on the right side of history and want to see transformational change and actually want to do their jobs in a more humane, productive, uh, safe way. We also anticipate support coming from probation officers in our county who are law enforcement officers who also uh, want to um, transform our system to ensure that we are actually cultivating real sustainable public safety and undoing systemic racism that leaves scars on our community. So uh, we welcome everyone to join us, uh, regardless of whether they're a police officer or a civilian or anyone in between. Yeah, I guess the question was more towards um, the, the, I guess the independent expenditures that are done uh, from police unions, if, if officers support, yeah, that's great, joining the movement. But if, if the police are in some ways financing the campaign, do you think that um, the police union um, specifically, does that um, impede on your ability to act as DA? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we are gonna be very mindful of the contributions we accept and we are committed to being an, indep an independent DA. 
that is going to work in a professional capacity with law enforcement agencies and police agencies, but is also going to hold them accountable if and when they violate the law and violate the lives and dignity of our of our people. And so to your point, yes, we're, we're going to be very, um, very mindful of what money uh, we accept. And we're going to be very much committed to not being influenced or biased by, uh, inf by, um, by individuals or uh, unions or other entities that uh, will seek to uh, distort our, our commitments. Perfect, perfect. And you are continuing on your uh, priorities. Third, yeah, the, the third priority is uh, is ending mass incarceration, and and that can be a vague, maybe somewhat nebulous term. But the idea of of or the premise of mass incarceration is this place that we've arrived at, where we um, where we resort to jail and prisons as our primary and often only response to harms and societal issues that are going on in our community, and so we're going to fight back against mass incarceration in all its forms. We're gonna fight back against, against excessive jail and prison terms. We're gonna fight back against um, unnecessary probation and parole supervision, excessive fines and fees. We're gonna stop the use of three strikes enhancements that result in disproportionate excessive sentences that don't make our community safer and that exacerbate racial disparities in our, in our country. We're gonna fight back against this idea of you do the crime, you do the time, and instead really work on evidence-based interventions that hold people who do harm accountable in our communities, uh, restore uh, victims and honor victims of crime, but also help us uh, address root causes of crime so that crime doesn't occur in the first place or doesn't occur again uh, when we are uh, confronted with harmful behaviors. And so, uh, we're really devoted to um, undoing all forms of mass incarceration that flow from our Santa Clara County Courts and DA's office. Right. Yeah. That sounds that sounds perfect. Um, and I guess kind of switching gears a little bit. The main focus of this channel is is to discuss voting rights currently in the United States and throughout the country. Um, and in particular, we see states like Georgia and Texas levying you know legislation that impacts the ability to vote in you know, minority communities, um, the ability to access absentee ballots, the amount of uh, polling stations, or just simply you know, handing out a bottle of water. Um, so last year, we had a very um, impactful um, election, both in the general, for federal, state, municipal, it affected everybody. Kind of reflect on your thoughts for the 2020 election and the current voting rights issues we face as a country. Yeah, I mean, one of the fundamental rights as a, as a citizen in this country is the right to participate in our democracy. It's the right to vote. Uh, it's the right to be on a jury. Um, it's the right to engage in the marketplace of ideas. Um, and it's really critical that we make voting as accessible uh, for all people in our community, regardless of socioeconomic background, language, um, uh, ethnicity, um, race, religion, or anything like that. Uh, so I'm very much committed to the health of our democracy and the vibrancy of our democracy. In fact, that's one of the reasons I'm running is because the incumbent DA who's currently in that seat has run unopposed in 2014 and 2018 
um, and hasn't been challenged. And I think our democracy suffers without power being challenged in a meaningful way. And so part of why I'm running is to really breathe life into our democracy and to give voters a meaningful choice at the ballot box and for there to be a meaningful marketplace of ideas when it comes to criminal justice reform and for voters to have the opportunity to elect someone in the top seat at, at the DA's office that reflects uh, their values. Um, and so my commitment as a candidate is to really promote and honor that democracy. I in fact wanna get out into the community and meet with people, connect with people, especially from marginalized communities that may not vote or may not often vote or may not find voting accessible to them um, because we want them to uh, be really invested in the criminal justice system because our criminal courts and our DA's office does touch them even if they don't know it. Right, and how, how important would you say the act of voting is um, in our democracy? Oh, it's critical. It, the, you know, I, I heard someone say on a doc, there was a documentary that was covering the candidacy and the election of Larry Krasner, who is the uh, current Philadelphia district attorney. And this person on the documentary was saying, the local DA has more of an impact on the lives of people in a particular county than the president does. And these DA's elections come down to a couple hundred or a couple thousand votes, um, but it has such significant me um, meaningful impact on the, on the everyday lives of all of our community members. And so it's really critical that people are informed of what someone like a DA does and what powers they have um, and are informed as to who the candidates are and where they stand and are actually able to uh, come out and vote. It's similar to jury service. It's really critical that we have jurors that reflect the diversity of our community. Um, and when we have systems that impede that diversity, it makes us all suffer. Like we suffer when our electorate or when our juries are not uh, reflective of our community because it, it gives a distorted view of our community's values and community's priorities. And so it's really critical that people vote, but that we as systems ensure that everyone has the ability and access to vote in as a efficient and easy way as possible. And last thing I'll say is that on that note, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of our state for making uh, inroads to ensuring that those who have previously suffered convictions or felony convictions are able to vote because again, uh, those life experiences and those individuals uh, need to have their uh, voices uh, and their experiences uh, heard as well. Right, thank you for that. Um, and I guess in closing, um, what would be your advice to my generation, Gen Z, um, you know, trying to get proactive, trying to be engaged, voting, elections, you know, understanding the importance of a district attorney or a public defender, what would you say to us as the next flight of voters that are coming in and really, you know, handling the problems that are almost being bestowed upon us? I'm actually really excited for this generation. Um, the access to information is is uh, easier than than ever. You know, the the ability for people to start movements and to share. Uh, information uh, via 
Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and text message is, is better than ever. And it has really spurred significant movement where I, you know, the, the fact that we had this outpouring on the streets last year in the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd is in large part because of the um, free flow of information uh, via social media and the uh, not having to rely on traditional media channels for information any longer and taking power back um, through, through these channels. And so I'm, I'm really excited. I think it's really critical that young people stay informed, um, that they stay activated and that um, they speak up, uh, speak up through forums like this one with you, Kunal, uh, through social media, um, through being out in the community, showing up to city council meetings, board of supervisor meetings, running for office, um, supporting progressive minded candidates that are running uh, by knocking on doors, getting out into the community, being a real uh, vibrant part of our democracy. Um, it's as much your and my right and, and power as it is anyone else's. And so I think it's really critical that we uh, take that power back uh, in all the forms that, that I've outlined. And, and so I'm really excited, especially in, in my candidacy, in my campaign, to connect with a lot of young people who are also devoted to these uh, values that I, I hold dearly and that are also devoted to real transformational change and wanting to fight back against systemic racism that lives in our criminal justice system. And so I invite everybody to join me. I invite everybody to walk with me, to contribute, um, to give me ideas and input, to proliferate our movement via social media. Um, and I think we can make and effectuate real transformational change that way. Right, yeah, I, I, I would have to agree, you know, um, I would just put all the trust in me and then I can take care of the rest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, we're seeing young, younger and younger people take, take seats of power. Um, one of my um, endorsers, his name is Alex Lee. He's born and raised in the South Bay. Yeah. Um, he's 25 years old and he's now a state assembly person. I mean, that's incredible. And he is activating many others and is making real meaningful change. And so whether it's by running for uh, seats of power or supporting like-minded candidates that are running for those seats, um, we are seeing the, a, a, a sea change in terms of the demographics of, of the power structures that be, and we're seeing, and we're, I'm really excited to see uh, what's to come. Right, as am I about your campaign. I think you're on a, you're on a great path and you know, uh, how, can, how can viewers stay updated on it? You know, if you wanna talk about your socials website. Thank you. Yeah, our website is votesajid.com, V-O-T-E-S-A-J-I-D.com, where people can contribute um, as much as they can up to our $500 maximum contribution. You can also sign up to join our movement and be ready to walk with us and knock on doors and make phone calls uh, with us when the time comes. I'm also on Instagram and on Twitter at the Sajid A Khan, so T-H-E-S-A-J-I-D-A-K-H-A-N. Um, I'd love for you to follow me and, and to connect with me. I'm always on my phone and always responding to messages and would really love for people to join our movement 
in any way that you can. And I'm really excited to, to continue this people-powered uh, effort to bring about real meaningful change to our county and to the state of California and to cultivate a culture and community that we can all be really proud of and that um, that undoes the real harms that have lived in our in our system for a long time. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I concur <laughs> with that statement. Um, but yes, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Like I said, campaigning is, is crazy. Um, you're going to go through the ups and downs, I'm sure of it. And that's the fun. Um, and we're wishing you the best of luck. Um, you're always welcome back um, as, as Santa Clara District Attorney. Um, and and we, we hope to see that. We, we really do. Thanks, Kanal. I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm fired up. You know, uh, I, feel, I feel ready to go. And I, I would love um, people to, to walk with us and, and to uh, create and cultivate the community we want to see. Thanks so much, Kanal. Of course. Thank you. And have a great day. Thanks, you too.